The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. You know, how I've gotten there is I, and I don't want to sound cliche, I try to think of each day as a lifetime. And if I'm not going to be here tomorrow, what am I going to do? So, you know, it's like minus 20. Okay, well, if I die tomorrow, that's some of my mentality. And it's like, well, I ran minus 20. That's how I'd want to live my last day. You know, like that's what I'd want to be able to say I did. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? There's been a lot of talk lately about the connection between MS and the Epstein-Barr virus. Actually, I've heard the talk for a long time, but on January 13th, 2022, Science Journal published an article about this very topic. I don't know about you, but when I hear a prestigious publication along with people from Harvard saying this connection exists, I start to pay attention. So I first saw something on Twitter randomly about it, and of course I Googled it after, but then I also saw the social media posts from Matthew Embry, and I thought he would be the most perfect person to chat with about this. And so diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 1995, which happens to be the year I graduated from high school. And I think we're about the same age and I can't imagine going through that at that time. So Matthew today is symptom-free, co-founder of MS Hope, which provides science-based strategies for people newly diagnosed and those living with MS that have enabled Matthew to live this drug-free free life for over 25 years now. He focuses on diet, exercise, and specific supplements to achieve his healthy lifestyle. Nothing stops Matthew from getting his workout in. He says there's no cheat days and trust he means it. Living Proof is also a film which he released in 2017 detailing how Matthew and his father search for answers and hope. So without further ado, let's chat it up with Matthew. Hello. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, it is so my pleasure and honor to have you here. I I want you to know when I first saw Living Proof, I couldn't watch it. I turned it on and after about 10 minutes, I said, yeah, no, I'm not. I can't do this right now. And but recently in the fall, I, I ordered it on demand and I watched it three times in a row. I love your passion and I really want to know what reactions have you gotten from people from the video? Yeah, I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, we've had reactions from people all over the world, multiple, multiple countries and different languages. I get them every, every day, like like today, every day, like something comes in, I can't keep, there's no way I can keep up. It'd be be beyond a full-time job to be able to respond to people on Facebook. But we've also, it's been out for long enough now. We have had, you know, so much great feedback and people took the information from the project, implemented it into their lives and are doing fantastic because of applying the information themselves. 
So not only is it great to have, you know, positive feedback on, on the project, but to actually read that there was a real world effect for people's lives, which was the intent has been you know, tremendous for us. So in the video, if you randomly have not seen this movie, Matthew in the beginning talks to some people with MS and they, they have some severe symptoms as a result of their multiple sclerosis. And it's quite interesting. He leaves one of the interviews with someone and there's, she's just overcome with emotion. And so at that point, that was when I had to shut it off and step back because it was it was an emotional for me thinking, okay, this is how things could go. But after watching the entire video and seeing all of the things that you have done to make sure that your MS is at bay, it's very inspirational. Yeah. I mean, thank you for that feedback. I mean, the, the first half, the first third of the film is very difficult, I think, for people to watch. We definitely, it was very challenging to make one of the, if not the hardest experience of my life to be able to to be part of that process. Very, very painful to see and, and really challenging as a viewer. I certainly don't want to traumatize people, but I, I certainly wanted to show people that this is a, this disease can really rob of so much of your life. And, it, and it's, it's something that needs to be taken seriously. And having the perspective that I do now after having MS for a few years, I know more now. I'm more grounded in it and I'm more comfortable in knowing where I am. And so I think that you accomplished your mission, you know, making that initial impact for people. Well, I think the biggest danger for people with MS is they don't really realize how slow of a burn it is. So I meet a lot of people who, you know, say, oh, for the first 10 years, it was okay for the first 50. And then it just went. And I try to tell people that's how this disease works for most people. So don't fall asleep. <laughs> like you've got to get on it now, because if you don't in 10, 15 years, you may really question the choices you made. And that's, it, it's very hard to communicate that to people, how long this disease takes to play out, which is why it's, it, it's a very lucrative disease for the medical establishment, because it, well, what's the expression they used to use, you know, cane bed dead. And that takes, that takes, you know, 2015 to 25 years. Well, I hadn't actually heard that expression before. So how that works for people in our shoes is challenging. I know that you work very hard on a daily basis. Like I said in the opening, no cheat days. And recently you ran a half marathon. Can you share with us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, I mean, the daily exercise, you know, almost every day. You know, it's like an ice, you know, when an ice cube melts, it melts at zero, right? But it's still an ice cube at minus 20, at minus 15, at minus five. And that's kind of how running was for me. I just started running. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, wait a minute, maybe I can be racing. <laughs> and I tried this year and then I did a 5K and I, I, got, I, I won. I was in like top three in my age category. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute, like, I can actually do this. And then, <laughs> then it started to kind of go, I could do this. So then I started doing more races and then I was in Maui and signed up for the half marathon there and the day before you know got up at five in the morning drove in and placed third in my age category which was for me you know it's 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 a big it's a big thing for me to be honest like you know 20 26 years ago my neurologist that wasn't on the list of things he said i was going to be able to do in 25 years it wasn't like he, it was like it wasn't like and you can maybe be you know meddling in a marathon or you know not meddling but you know top, top place or whatever and that's why i, I share it I share it with people when they look at it and they think, hey, this is possible. This guy's had MS for 26 years. 
like not only is he competing, he's he's winning with people who are his own who don't have MS. Right. They don't face those same challenges that, that we do. And I see you out there training and your beard is covered with like cold snow and things. And you're just so dedicated. It's very inspirational to see that and really teaches me that, you know, I need to get up. Well, I think it's, it's interesting you bring this up because there, you know, I was just talking about this either last night. It's like, I have, to, I have that same voice too. I just go to war with it. Right. And I did a post and I actually I don't think I went live. I went live, but I didn't actually post it. And I was talking about, it. I was on the elliptical the other night. And I was saying how like I was able to agree with myself that you're just going to go on for half an hour. Okay. And then once I got half an hour in, I was like, no, you're going to stay for an hour. Like I, I had to almost trick myself. It's a very weird process, I think, for human beings to, to challenge that voice that's telling you not to do something. And I face it too. I, and I hope others can watch some of the things I post and say, hey, here's how this guy overcomes that, that voice. And he, he's struggling with it on a daily basis as well. I have recently developed a mantra that I keep saying on my in my head and it's be relentless for your needs and your health Edie you know you need to do this so I just keep saying it over and over be relentless but fighting that voice is a real thing you know people see what they see on social media I'm telling you it's like there's a lot you don't see right and then there's I mean even the, the the post you referred to with the big snow thing the other day is just you know how I've gotten there is I and I don't want to sound cliche I try to think of each day as a lifetime and if I'm not going to be here tomorrow what am I going to do so you know it's like minus 20 okay well if I die tomorrow and not, not that I'm thinking it that critically so at, the, at the moment but that's some of my mentality and it's like well I ran minus 20 <laughs> Like, that's how I'd want to live my last day. You know, like that's what I'd want to be able to say I did, right? So I do professional development. And one of the things that I do in there is I have people tell me a song that represents mm. them. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you listen to Dave Matthews, yeah. but he has a song and it talks about don't burn the day. Like right. you need to live yeah. for today as if it was your last. Don't live for next week or tomorrow. Amen. It's, and that's, there's so many distractions right now. In this world, in this, this world we're living in, there's so many distractions. And actually, I'm thinking of writing a book because it'll be, it will be free. So, you know, it, I'm, it'll be a free book that I would give to really help people overcome that. And so it's a daily, like, here's the day. And then where are the distractions? What's trying to get my attention? What's taking me away from me? And not in a selfish, a selfish way, but like what's taking me away from from learning or pushing myself to become a better version. There's a little, there's a little bit of a, a day. So you have the ability to look back and go, oh, you know, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Better today than I was yesterday. <laughs> Repeat. It's nice to go back and reflect and say, gee whiz, this is what I did last week. I can't believe this. Like I accomplished all of these things or I didn't and I need to look at that too. But it would be nice to have something like that on a daily basis that I could reflect on. So yes, get out there and write that book for me, please. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be called All Eyes on You. Oh, all right. And it's, it's like it's the, the concept is like, and I try, I try to share with these people when they get sick. I'm like, look, it's all eyes on you. Like everybody's watching you now, and so you got to get better, not only for you, but for like all the other people who are watching you. And if if you get better, uh -huh. you're going to lift all those people up too.
Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I think it's contagious, like a sneeze. When one person's doing it and they see another person and impacting one after the other, I I totally am on that page. And, you know, listening and hearing you and following you on socials, I just see this really strong belief system and values that guide you. How do your core values play a role in the way you live your life and battle your MS? I mean... First and foremost, and, and, and I don't want to mean that in a, some sort of like vague concept, it's speaking the truth, living the truth, trying to say the truth, write the truth, engage in the truth. That's number one. And that's not an easy task. <laughs> right. And, and that's, and that's hard because it's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, the truth is dairy can be very problematic for people with MS. So I'm going to live by that and not have dairy. Right. That's an example of living by the truth in my way. And then it's about perspective. I mean, I think that that is the most, it's so challenging to keep your mind in a positive space, no matter what is coming at you. And that is a battle every single day, hourly for humans. Right. And I think that that is the, the, the challenge. Like it's, it's you, once you discipline the body and the diet nutrition, and then it's the mind just to keep in a positive space. And to be trying your best to always be saying yes, as long as what you're saying yes to is, is good, right? And that's a complex question, but that's a whole other podcast I'm sure we could do. But, you know, that, that's, that, that drives me. And that's, you know, it's getting up in the morning and, you know, put, put, putting my mind right into this is going to be an amazing day. And sometimes that can be as simple as reaching out to others and telling them it's going to be a brilliant day. And that can start it for me. And why? Like, so when I say that to other people, I feel like I need to live that as well. Is that the, the what you feel or is it just fulfilling to support other people? Well, I just, uh, for, yeah, I get a bump. I get like a hit, you know, I was like, ah, oh, that felt, you know, it just feels good. And like, and I actually truly, sometimes I truly want to do it. Like I, I have some people in my life. I'm like, I truly want to say, let's, let's have at it today. And I tell people that I say, look, and this is, this is not by any stretch of the imagination a poor me story. If you took all the followers or whatever on all the various platforms, it's, it's, say it's around forty to 50,000 people, okay? How many people do you think on a daily basis contact me to encourage me to stay focused on diet and exercise? Like, how many do you think? Zero. Nuh-uh. Right. And I'm, again, this is not a poor me story, okay? This is, but why I'm trying to share this is because that help isn't coming. Right. You, and the people you think that, oh, man, if I have more friends or if I have like, you know, this, they got, people are going to encourage me more. No, they're not. They're literally not. And no one's going to do it but you. And again, I'm not saying that as I love my family. I love my friends. I love my followers. But if I expect them to or someone to every morning wake up and be like, there's something there. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's. It doesn't happen. And so then, and so if, if I've got 50,000 or whatever, and I get zero, then doesn't that tell you everybody's going to get zero? Yeah. So then, yeah. Well, it tells me that it's up to me to do right. it, right? So then that's how reality works. So you're like, oh, interesting. I didn't know it worked that way, right? <laughs> and then when you figure it out, yeah, like, for sure. that's how it works. So then who's going to be the person to give me that daily bump? Me. Me. And so then if you look at my office, like you see, I got, I got nothing but, but my kids' pictures and art. Like, so it's that how do I constantly fulfill my life with encouraging images that I know is going to be like, hey, here's your purpose. Here's your reason. Here's wake up. Look, look, look. Like, right. And yeah, but it's you. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, it, you're the one that you you hold yourself accountable. Yeah, because nobody, I, you're right. Nobody else is reaching in into my house and saying, "Edie, you got to do this." No, and nobody ever calls me at the end of the week and says, "Hey, you know, you did a great job." Like nobody. In fact, it's, it's just like it's more like, "Hey, can you get this done? You get this done. You haven't done this, okay? Right?" And it's like. And of course, I had the illusion, I think, when I was younger, of like, okay, when I get, but I didn't expect this to happen, but you do think when I'm going to hit a point in my life where it's like someone else is going to do this for me. Uh uh-uh. It goes the other way. It goes the absolute other way. Like less people, less support. You know, it's just like, whoa. I don't know. I, I enjoy helping other people more than I get out of it myself. And I focus on that because I'm successful at helping other people. And it's okay to let myself down. Have you heard that before? Yeah, here's that's a very careful balance, okay? And again, it's so weird you're bringing up these topics. So I was just talking about this this morning. I mean, can I go biblical for a moment? I mean, Jesus has asked for the top two, top two commandments are, you know, number one, love your God. You know, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. The second commandment, love your neighbor like yourself. Okay, so then if we break down the logic there, where is God according to what Jesus teaches us? Inside. What's the temple? Your body. Got it. So then for to love your God, that means what? Love you. You're number one. Take care of you. Make sure your body, your, your, your everything is like at 100. Or is, you're never going to get 100, but let's say 90. Then... What's number two? Take care of others. Treat others like yourself. Okay. That, but that's the order. Yeah, and I can't treat others well if I don't treat myself well, it sounds like. And the thing is, because we live in this society where it's just like, oh, you know, we could justify it by being, well, you know, I just I didn't have time to take care of myself, but I was doing all this other stuff for these other people. Okay, good. That's great. <laughs> don't stop that. But there's something that's even harder. That's taking care of you. And you know, it, it, it truly is. Like I'm li- I live, yeah, I live it. I think it's the hardest thing. Yeah, I live it. <laughs> it's the hardest thing. It's yeah. so hard. And it's, yeah. And, and the thing is because it's, you know what you need, right? Like it's not hard to go figure out. You go look in the mirror and you're like, Oh crap. Like I gotta do this. <laughs> it's like the, and, and like the, the judge is that person looking at you in the mirror. Like that's the judgment in my opinion, right? Like that's the judgment. On a, on a daily basis. Now, I'm not saying it's the final judgment, but that's like the judgment you're dealing with on the daily. And then, and even the other night, like when I, I did the elliptical, it was like 10 o'clock at night because my inner judge was like, you go to bed, you're not, you're going you're gonna to hate yourself because you didn't do it. And you, then you've, you've let down. Yeah, I have to do it in the morning because at night I, I'm not, I, I give up, right? I, I do. I need to get that in the morning. My spoons are gone by the nighttime because my mental brain is not with it. So I, yeah, the perseverance that you had to, to get on the elliptical is incredible, but you're right in the morning, I'm going to regret not doing it yesterday. And so, yeah. And I don't want to beat myself up either. No, and It was horrible. It was actually horrible. Just like, here we go down the basement, dark. <laughs> like you live, you live it's a Canada. So it's like, it's awful. But then, you know, in 10 minutes in, I'm like, I'm like, this isn't that bad. And then like 20 minutes, then you're like, hey, I'm, I'm doing it. And then you go to bed feeling okay. You go to bed feeling great. And proud of yourself. Exactly. But it, it's getting that. And that's where I, you know, I talk about, I'm not the only person who talks about this. Just do it till you feel like it. Don't do it when you feel like it. I got it. Right? I got it. Do it. Say it again <laughs> yeah, for me yeah, though, Matthew. Do it until you feel like it. Don't do it when you feel like it. 
I love it. Like the number of times people write, oh, you need a rest day. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I get that. I mean, I, I've had this, so many people write that to me or like, you know, you got to listen to your body. And I'm like, mm, I've been in this for 26 years. And the number of times I could tell you that I felt absolutely awful and then went for a run and then felt amazing. It's just, I know it transforms me. So I'm like, if I would have given into that concept of, oh, just rest. And there are times I, I just rest. There are some times. But if I would have given in, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I, I challenge that thinking. Okay. So it, it sounds like it feeds your soul a little bit, getting, getting the, that movement in. But, you know, you mentioned the spirituality piece. I'm thinking that plays a big role in your life. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean... I came to, I mean, people know, I mean, I've shared it openly. I, you know, I, I came to Christ at 40 years old after being an atheist, you know, hardcore, you know, evolutionary thinker, biology, you know, I came to Christ through quantum mechanics. I came very different than most, and I have a very different vocabulary when I speak about it than I, and I hope I'm not offensive at all. And again, my interpretation of scripture before, I don't think that's definite. I hope people don't, aren't, aren't offended by my concept, my thoughts on it. That's what I have felt. I see everything as spiritual, like everything. I see eating as a spiritual exercise. I see exercise as a spiritual exercise. I see prayer, meditation. I have this conversation. Everything. It's everything. God, God is everywhere and, and, and everything. And that's where the nutritional piece, it's about, that's for me, that's, it's a spiritual discipline. I guess I understand the biology and how that, how that changes my body and all types of things. But there's another layer beneath that. It's like, well, what's beneath the biology? Well, then we've got this and then you're down to quarks and all that. Well, then what are we down to? Well, then it's down to an energy. And then like that energy therefore has to be something that you're participating with. But that's perseverance too, right? Like it, it's showing like how you lived through this, this life and then realized, wow, this whole other aspect of, of, living i haven't explored this and it sounds like it's opened up your heart a bit no oh definitely i mean there's like before me and at, before and after i mean it was the biggest change in my life I mean, uh, by far the biggest it's the, the biggest change in my life and again it just it totally reshaped my understanding of how the world works it's given me a, a new perspective on how to treat people like where my thoughts go i mean daily scripture study is really important to me prayer uh, and then learning and knowing that i don't have i don't, I don't have anywhere near the answers and understanding that, like, you know, people are sent into my life to help me learn or, you know, reshape and, and vice versa. And that's why I don't claim, I, I, I hope I never come across being like, I know the answer because I, I, I don't know all the answers at all. <laughs> you know? When I was in college, I had a friend that said all the time, well, Edie, everything happens for a reason. And I would totally blow her off. I was like, that's ridiculous. I and make my own destiny and whatever. This sucks right now. And I would live in that suck. As I've grown older, I've realized it's it's true. It's yeah. It's true. Every interaction you have with every person impacts you. Yeah, and I think I shared on a, I don't know if you read the post, but I I've shared I shared sporadically. Like I I have come to a belief system that I think I think reality is is a projection versus coming in our eyes. I think that's really what's going on here. And I know that flips that flips how we understand the world, but I think that's what's happening. So, and I don't think I'm out to lunch. I mean, there's books written on this that people far smarter than me have come up, come to the same conclusion. And because, so when I see it that way, I see if, if you're a projection, then you're coming from inside. And if I'm a projection on some level, we're like, we're together. That makes sense. So it's like, we better treat each other pretty good because we're coming from the same place. 
Yeah. And we're going, we're all going to the same place, right? And in our hearts, we all want the same thing, a fruitful and fulfilling life. And so why treat anyone unlike you would want to be treated? I don't know. That's just my opinion. But as we keep talking, I really want to get to this Epstein bar thing because I, as I said in the intro, you know, I had, I had mono from the Epstein bar when I was 20 and I didn't realize how it could have possibly impacted me down the road. So I really, I really want to hear your thoughts on this and how it might impact us as a MS community. Well, I mean, for me, this is some of the biggest news we've, we've, I don't want to say ever, but maybe ever have had on this. I mean, the Epstein-Barr theory has been around for a long time, decades, like decades. But now we have a study that is really, really well done and is now in science, you know, arguably the, the top journal in the world. I mean, why, you know, it, 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 you know I've, I've read quotes from it. I mean, this is really big news. And I think there's two reasons. One is that prevention. So if we can create an effective vaccine, should be able to wipe out MS. And two, if we can create an antiviral, let's see what that does. There, there's enough evidence, as far as I'm concerned, to show that an ongoing Epstein-Barr infection is likely the driver, right? It's not the whole thing. It's not the whole, and I don't, don't wanna say it's the whole thing, but it, it could be the driver. I shouldn't say likely. I think there's evidence to suggest it could be. That, I, I wanna be very careful with my words because I, I certainly don't wanna claim I know. I just think that it really needs to be researched and that if that's the case, then what is it, what could an antiviral do for people? Yeah. Who knows what the possibilities are, but you had Epstein-Barr, correct? I had, I think I had mono. I haven't actually personally got tested for okay. it, but given the evidence, I'm going to say, uh -huh. well, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what are the odds of me not? Well, I know people that have said they haven't had it, but then they get tested and they have antibodies because it impacts everybody differently, right? And, you know, when you're young, what's a cold, right? If you don't have a really enlarged spleen, then you're not going to notice it probably. But I've been posting some on social media to see people's reactions, and I've had very mixed reviews, I have some people that are adamant about how can we even consider saying this because there's so many other factors that go into being diagnosed with MS. And I'm, I'm trying to listen to people and hear their perspective of it. But I'd love to get your take on, on that and in, in hearing those words from others that this is not what we think. I, I've, I've posted things. I mean, people have, what I've learned, and again, I do not want to come across at all being judgmental, but people's ability to understand statistics is a huge problem and to understand the scientific data. I mean, it is a significant issue. I mean, the, the bottom line is we're 99.5% of the people had to have Epstein-Barr before they got MS. Like, come on. Like, and people go, oh, I didn't have Epstein-Barr. Well, you, maybe you don't have MS. I mean, the percentage of people who are misdiagnosed is also huge. If you Google it, there's scientific literature on this. This is a big problem too, right? Either you don't know that you had Epstein-Barr or maybe you don't have MS. So, the, the, you know, the, this is a problem. I am not the only person saying th these types of things. And I, I actually don't understand why there's so much negativity. I, I've actually had to ban a number of Facebook people on my social media because of the, the, their perspectives are so, they're just so vehement against these concepts and they're just, they don't have the scientific backing to 
to justify it's we live in this very strange polarized world um, right now. And when I dare mention the word vaccine, people are freaking out. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like Epstein Barr caught is the is the trigger. <laughs> like I'm not here to debate this. So I was like, yeah, I mean, there's risks to a vaccine. I'm telling you, there's enormous risk to Epstein Barr. Which one do you want? So I don't think that it's just MS either. I, you know, in my non-medical background, I tell people I'm a doctor, but not of medicine. And so I just think that it's not just MS that those viruses impact, but autoimmune diseases in general. It's, it's mo much more impactful than we even think. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg in moving forward and identifying some stuff. My, I have a really close friend that has lupus, has been diagnosed with MS. She's going to a naturopath now that thinks she has Lyme disease. Right. Like, we need to get a handle on this. Well, and this is where, you know, again, COVID has been a very obviously horrible situation for people around the world. And I, I don't want to take away from how you know devastating this has been for people in their lives at all. One thing I did say early in it, in personal discussions with people, I said, you know, the, the way people are looking into viruses may be huge for MS. Like we're changing this. People are looking at this like because of co the, how the world has shifted to look at COVID so critically. I said, I said that this, this is going to impact MS. I, I know it because back then I had already suspected that Epstein-Barr was likely the drug. So this is, this is not new to me. Right. So I'm not. And again, I don't want to be said, I don't want to be quoted saying it is the driver because I don't know. But I'm saying this is what needs to be looked at. It, maybe it is. And, and I, I think, you know, we really need to, to, to look at it. But I think, you know, and I said this in an interview I did recently, we all understand long haul COVID. Now it's time to understand long haul Epstein Barr. And if we can get people to think that way. And I also think it's going to change the way people with MS think about themselves. Where MS has been this mystery, no cause, no cure. If something's wrong, you know, I'm defective. Like, you know, I have this disease. Well, maybe you just got a virus. <laughs> you had a bad reaction to it. And that's it. I mean, not so special, right? <laughs> I mean, I hope that doesn't sound rude, but sorry. Some people get a virus and they have horrible cold sores for their whole life. And other people get the same virus and they have nothing. And so it's like, what, do we judge that person who has the cold sores? Like, no, man, your body's different. Got it. Like. Okay, people with MS, it's like, okay, well, your body's different. Environmental factors are different. <laughs> okay, well, let's take out the virus and see what happens. Yeah, 100%. And I think that it's just going to continue to spiral and people are going to be taking a closer look and we're going to hopefully get some answers in our lifetime. I, I'm excited. I am just moving forward with this and I am interested to see what comes next. I think this is going to go a lot faster than people think because the rate, the race is on, this is big international news. And if I'm a pharmaceutical company and I can crack the Epstein bar vaccine, every human being on the planet is, I should seriously be considering if you haven't had it. And then if we can make a powerful antiviral and people with MS are getting better, Oh, come on. Like this is, this, this is, this is huge. And with that kind of financial incentive, well, I know, I know for a fact they're on it big time. I'm telling you like this trials have already begun and we're, we're going to see something quicker sooner rather than later, in my opinion.
Matthew, I, I just so appreciate you sharing your perspectives with us today. It's been an invaluable experience for me. I hope that you'd consider coming back on at some point when your book comes out. So from listening to The Voice, live for today. What's taking away from being a better version of yourself? Living the truth, keeping a positive perspective. Do it until you feel like it and hope for a cure. I mean, you've just filled my bucket today with so many, so many great things to think about. Please, Matthew, tell people where people can find you. Yeah, I'm super easy to find. You go to mshope.com. My personal phone number is on there. My personal email is on there. <laughs> you, can, you can call me as you're watching this. Call me right now and I'll pick up the phone if I can or I'll call you back. And then I got Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I challenge all the listeners to reach out to Matthew and tell him I'm rooting for you today. <laughs> it's going to be a great day oh, for you. Can you imagine? Let's see. Let's, yeah. let's see if you get some messages. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's a great thing to think about how many times have I reached out to someone that probably needs it. So if you want to learn more about your core values, as Matthew shared his of positivity, perspective, and spirituality, please look at the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you can take the quiz and find out what your core values are and see how you can live into those to make sure you're living your best life. Everybody, I hope you keep thriving. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.